Welcome back to the Road Trip Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Darrow. This week is an exciting episode of the podcast. I spoke with Tim Hart and Dave Symes of the amazing band Boy and Bear. The Australian band has topped the ARIA charts multiple times and even won the ARIA Album of the Year award for their debut album, Moonfire. Recently, the band just released their new single, State of Flight, and announced an incredible tour schedule to go along with it. I'm really excited for you to be able to listen to our conversation and also see them in a city near you, so head to their website to check out their tour schedule. We had a really fun conversation. We talked about a friend of the show, Stu Larson, and how he got his start, and actually when he quit his job to work at a bank, it was actually to be the van driver for Boy and Bear, so put those two together. Um, The episodes complement each other quite nicely. The band got its name from a random name generator that they found on the internet to name the band because they needed one really quickly and success soon followed so i loved their answers to if they were prepared for the success and how quick it came for boy and bear we talk about their new project state of flight and also the new album that they've been working on together and what it's been like to come together after a brief hiatus when lead vocalist dave hoskings was um kind of had some medical things that kept them from performing as a band together and i really love their conversation i really love um just how kind tim and dave were and the time that they gave me and it's a really fun interview i hope you like it and listen don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you get it um send a review if you even like it as well thank you so much for listening thank you for being here and enjoy my conversation with boy and bear after a quick word from our sponsor So this is Dub Dave and this is Tim. So no, we're, we're I'm very familiar. I'm very happy to be with you guys. Thank you for for making the time. I know it's still still nine thirty in the morning um, over there. That's cool. Not yeah, so no good. worries. Hey, how are you? So so so, so where, where are you at? Um, I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Mm. Oh, nice, nice, fantastic. And so yeah, I actually have a funny New York story to share with with you, Tim, later as we. Um, as we begin. And so I'm, I'm excited to be with you guys. I've um, enjoyed right. your music for some time. I like to tell people where I found their music. Um, I found you guys, I was going on a deep dive. Actually, the, the title of the podcast is called the Road Trip Playlist Podcast. And it's because it's titled that because that's when I fell in love with music. I was, um, I, after high school, I just decided to, I really wanted to travel more outside of Utah and within even my own state to some of the national parks that I had there. And so I set a rule to go on a road trip once a month and to do so, I would, I would, um, back these road trips with, with music. And so, um, I would make playlists for each. And so I discovered first, I discovered Stu Larson, which then led me to you guys. And so, um, I, then I was like, why are all these bands? And I, I hadn't known, I actually graduated high school and then I went on a two year service mission for church where I wasn't allowed to listen to music at all. And so I didn't even know what music I enjoyed. And so that's when I was like, Oh, like this is the music I like. And they all seem to be Australian. <laughs> so um, <laughs> thank you. Cause you guys were one of the first to make my road trip playlist. And so I like to ask what's on, what's on your road trip playlist. What are you listening to? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You jump in. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a, I've got a bunch of stuff I've been listening to at the moment. Um, I, I, we've actually, we've actually got a road trip. Yeah, we're, I'm just pulling it up. We've got a um, weirdly a boy and bear road trip playlist, which changes from time to time, which we try to change regularly uh, between the five of us. And ironically, it does have a lot of Australian artists too. Um, <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> 
not not that we're completely limited to that. Um, but but you know, like it, let, let me let me tell you what I've been listening to because I, I reckon I'm, so the, you know the the new Big Thief record. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I I reckon it's inc- like I, I read that um, the drummer produced it and he he kind of got like four engineers in four different places and they recorded like five tracks at each place and the record is like if you listen to it start to finish you'd be like this is so disjointed this makes no sense it almost almost sounds like a record of of B sides or something that are all just put pushed together and it but but then when you understand the context of of seeing what they could do by putting a body of work together when they've they've worked with four different engineers. I, I, wow. I find it pretty fascinating. There's, it's it's great. There's a song on it called Blurred View and it just reminds me of like, you know, 1980s Peter Gabriel right. meets Kate Bush. It's like it's so incredible. Like I, I so I've been I've been digging that, but I've also been digging some like more ambient like piano stuff like Oliver Arno and like Niels Fromm, like that's that sort of stuff. Uh, I've, I've been listening to, to oh, there's a there's a Canadian artist. He's a he's a folk artist too. You probably if you've gone down the Stu Larson rabbit hole, you've probably got to him somehow. <laughs> Ken Yates. He's like <laughs> he's he's not he's not very well known, but his new stuff is just incredible. Um, so he he, he released one called Consolation Prize, couple, maybe a month ago or okay. a couple of months ago. And I'm waiting for the record. He's actually sent me the record, and the record's incredible. We're, we're <laughs> waiting to to see that out in, in the world. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's so much stuff, man. Like, um, I've been listening to like some wild nothing, and then I, I I've been listening to like obviously like we're we're, we're into um, war on drugs, um, yeah, like. The, the new Kurt Vile record is really interesting too. Yeah, like yeah. I, I reckon it's pretty cool. Like I, I just I love his lyrical approach. Yeah. Like I, I'd love to know. I'd love to know. Did he just sit in the studio and just like sing whatever comes out of his mouth, <laughs> or or is did he sit down and craft? You know, I I don't know. I like <laughs> it's it's hard to know. But but that's a really good record too. I reckon it's good. I've been checking that out too. Yeah. I think it's different. Like we we do road trips together a lot on the road as a band, and it's so. But and I've just done a road trip a couple of days ago where I was I was sort of driving the main driver, and I feel like I listen to different things depending on which 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 part of the van I'm sitting in. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm driving and the weather as well, you know. So Absolutely. like if I'm driving. I'm sometimes want the other people in the van to be listening with me, and I want it to be communally. If I'm at the back of the van, I've got the headphones on, yeah. and I'm kind of almost like zoning out, <clears throat> half falling asleep, trying to be sort of like taking on, excuse <coughs> me, meditation journey, you know. But actually, there's another. But in talking about, I guess, more folk music, singer songwriter music, Jose Gonzalez put out a record. Was it last year or the year before? It's called Local Valley. I think that's just one of his best, actually. So I put that on the other week when we were driving. Um, yeah, we were driving down south to the Australia Festival. But believe it or not, Australia has um, Alps. They call them Alps, but they're not really Alps. Not like like you you'd know the Rockies. They're, they're not anything like that. But they they you know it tries to snow there sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and, but it, but it feels nice for us because it's the only place in Australia that we can really feel like we we get a bit cold. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's right. in in times you put. 
the that Jose record. That, uh, it was perfect. I think it's one of his because you know he's been around doing lots of stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, I really found that record during um, I guess during COVID too because I'm pretty yeah. sure it was 2021. Yeah, it's great. But I, there's also another record from a couple of years ago that I also put another day, and this is when the sun came out. I don't know enough about the guy, but it's a guy called Michael Now. You ever heard of Michael Now and the Mighty Thread? The record in um, 2018, that's great. It's got such a, it's a real bandy record, but it's got that kind of, um, to me, it sounds like West Coast, but it sounds nostalgic a bit. It sounds kind of like from the 60s and 70s influences with all the little melodies and stuff. And he's got this great storytelling thing and the grooves really get you. Yeah, I listened to that the other day too. That was nice as the sun was coming through in the afternoon before the sunset. That was definitely <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that that, that makes it, that's just so true. Is, is like <clears throat> it's so dependent on your mood or, or like what what you're doing as to as to what you're into at the moment. Yeah. Like I, I'm I'm fascinated by it, like that exactly what Simon's talking about, like the position in the van. Because like if you're <laughs> at the back of the van, you feel like you're in your own world. And yeah. Then yeah. You, you, yeah. I, I love what you're saying. You get taken on this some some journey. Yeah. From, yeah, but but then but if you've just had a sleep in the back of the van, then you wake up. Then you, sometimes you want the music to also wake you up. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, but it, and you, you've all got a coffee in your hand. Yeah, yeah. In the morning, the first thing of the day. Yeah, yeah. That's so classic boy bear. We it's the first trip we all meet. But you know, everyone's got the coffee we're in. Everyone's like talking 100 miles an hour for about an hour and a half, and then all of a sudden the headphones go on. It's like everyone sort of slips in. Oh, that's so funny, man. There's a cool track that you probably haven't heard too. Um, it's by an, an artist called Goodwill. It's called yeah. Get Angry. And that's like a perfect one for the coffee in the morning. <laughs> like it's, it, it's, it's this New Zealand artist. It's the first um, single he's ever released. Wow. And it's, it's incredible. So um, that, that's another one. No, I Maybe. love it. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, that's what I found is, is and so many of these songs is the music, it's, it's based on your area. So I was driving there was times when I was going from Utah to Montana or Utah to California and Utah to Arizona and each had different scenic landscapes and, and finding music yeah. that fits. And now like I'll hear, like I can hear hollow coves and it can take me back to where I was in like the California desert when that was playing. And so there's just different yeah. things that it, that it helps take me back. And you named so many artists like Jose Gonzalez and names that these were big when I was, finding like, oh, I finally found the music that I like and music because I, I grew up and I had what my mom played in the car and that's all I knew. And then so yep. I'm, what, 20 years old finding music that I like for the first time. And then if you fast forward a few years, Tim, this is the story that that I was talking is, is around then. So that was 2015, 2016. In 2018, I moved to New York. And so I was like, I need to get out of Utah for a summer. I want to just experience something different. And so I moved to New York and I applied for everything under the sun, any, anything that would take me. And, and one was a music site that took me with, um, no, they didn't ask for any writing samples. They didn't ask for anything, but for whatever reason, they, they took me on and they're like, yeah, come write for us. And the very first show that I ever wrote about was actually Stu Larson and Tim Hart. You opened with, with Natsuki as well. And oh, wow. it was this beautiful, I was not an experienced writer and it was this beautiful night that I feel like the, the evening really wrote itself. There's, there's like core memories from, from that night with, you opening and then the two of them playing and then the three of you playing in the middle of the Mercury lounge floor. And there's so many things that, that I remember leaving that venue and I was new to New York city and 
Um, it was a little bit lonely for the first little bit while I was living in New York. And I was like, Oh, for the first time I felt like I had this like room full of friends, even though I didn't talk to anyone. Um, but there was a special thing that night. And so that was like, ultimately what was like, okay, I think I actually want to really do this music thing. What turned out to be like something that it was always a secret dream of mine to write, but I never had the confidence to do it. And I shared it and there was like Stu shared it and there was like 200 reshares. And I was like, Holy cow. Like are people actually, is my writing good? I don't know, but people are reading it. And so that actually changed. And here I am, you, you fast forward three and a half years and um, talking to you on a podcast and have my own website that, that I write and cover shows with. And so it's been, it totally changed my life. And you don't know this little small night that you were part of that ended up changing, changing my life and what I wanted to do with it. And so I have to, that's incredible. Man, and but, but by the way, you, you, if you're feeling lonely, you should come up and chat to us. We would have bought you a beer and <laughs> hung out, you know. But that, that I remember that night, it was, it was a beautiful night, Mer- Mercury Lounge. Yeah, um, yeah, Great yeah, club. it's cool, and that's a really that's a nice part of New York, man. Um, but that's oh. that's amazing, it, 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 it's incredible that it, it, how the journey started for you. Well, totally. And I think I did, I think I patted you on the shoulder as I was leaving and said, Thank you so much but that was it. Like, I'm telling you, I was nervous. I was new to the city and people were talking to you guys after the show. I remember it was like, you were in the bar section of the, of the thing. And as people were exiting and I was like, wait, can you just talk to them? I didn't know how it worked, but, but yeah, it ended (laughs) up being like, okay, like, this is cool. This is what, what I wanted to do. And then I spent from that night, I was in Mercury lounge and Rockwood music hall every night of the week almost. And so, um, covering shows and now it's been, it's been really, really fun. And I've talked to people that I like love and admire like you guys. And so it's, it's great. It's like a full circle thing. Um, so thank you for, for being here. Um, I wanted to talk about, about Stu since it was, I was introduced to you through Stu, which a lot of people were introduced to Stu, um, through you, but I wanted to to ask a little bit about that because Stu was one of our most recent guests on the podcast, and yeah. he told us about um, when he decided to kind of pursue music. He quit his job banking, and I believe he made it sound like his next thing from that he went on tour with um, Boy and Bear and was the tour manager there. Can you tell me a little bit about that time? And yeah, also your it's true. It, it's true. Yeah, I, I remember he, he drove us everywhere. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's unusual in Australia because Australia is like, you know, it's quite a big country. Um, <laughs> it's unusual to, to sort of drive everywhere as a band, but when you've got no money and you, you're a young, young band, maybe one or two songs out, you, you've got to do it. And so you're looking for, for people, you know, who'll who come and help you because you can't really pay a crew. Yeah. But Stu was like, I, I knew Stu, like I'd, I'd met him at one or two shows in Sydney and he's like, hey, if you ever need a driver or someone just to carry bags or like set up gear, and we're like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, <laughs> So he came on the, he came on the road with us. I'm not, I'm not sure if that was the tour that Passenger was opening for us mm-hmm. or if it was the one before it. I, I but. It, I know that it was a really great time and Stu just literally had quit his job and didn't have, it was, he's like, I've got, I've got nowhere to send anything to anymore. So I don't, don't have a place. And he, he really still doesn't. Like, <laughs> like, 
he's, he he's, said he's, he's got a great new van, though. Years ago, yeah. and hasn't looked back. <laughs> I know, and you know, he's. I would say he's one of my closest friends. Yeah, and to see his journey, the one thing I will say about him is in himself he's never changed like he, he's always very satisfied with the small things he's not looking for massive fame or fortune he he's the he's a guy that loves the journey and and and, yeah. and really actually genuinely loves the moment yeah so like he'd, he'd rather sit over a, a coffee or a beer or playing a song to, to one person if that means something and play to 10,000 people that don't care. Like he, he's, he's that guy. He's just so, you know, he's so genuine. And he's, he's been on the road with us uh, too with Boy and Bear. And actually he's coming out again. He's coming out again with us in, in, oh, in, yeah. in not in North America, unfortunately, but in, um, in Europe. So um, it's going to be amazing to see him. He's, he's, I've been watching his European tour at the moment. It just looks so incredible. And yeah. <laughs> It's going to be something great. The international man of mystery. He is. He is. <laughs> he absolutely is. And so it was fun to like, to have the conversation because there were so many questions that I've developed over the years of, of since that night and, and, and beyond. And so it's so funny. And yeah, he said it was the, the tour with where passenger was opening up for, for um, boy and bear. And um, he said the like mid tour is when passenger was like really just skyrocketing and blowing up and getting like huge favor of fans. Do you remember that time? And what was that like for, for you guys to see? I think that the thing is anyone that, that knows Mike and his, his work ethic um, and his, his, his ability to capture an audience is, is absolutely not surprised by what what's happened in his career like he, he he's he's incredible live and he's he just really knows how to to just capture the attention of an audience like immediately and that was absolutely happening on the tour and i, I think i think what's incredible about him too is that he would go out and busk yeah and it right. just he would have these massive crowds busking and and that's how he paid for his records like it, it's it's not it's not like some record company made him. If if you ever hear someone say that, oh, you know, I, I was I was from this record company and uh, I essentially I I broke passenger. No, it was it was by sheer weight of, you know, the the love of his fans and then and the quality of the music and and eventually it, it clicked over. You know, he's done he's done great. But I I think I think for for Stu, it was a really different world for, for him to come into. And he hadn't done a lot of that stuff before, but he had the organisational skills, you know, like he'd worked in the bank. So he was kind of good with money. He was very organised. And so and the, the, the role of the tour manager, it actually kind of suited him. And it's, it's yeah. funny, like now he kind of just tour manages himself. <laughs> but like what a great life. Like you, you know what, because often on tour, I don't even know what's happening the next hour. <laughs> I need someone to tell me to be my tour dad. Yeah, Stu kind of just he cruises around the world and he knows what's happening and he's organising visas and he's crossing borders and frontiers. Like, yeah, I think, and I think you're right. I think that's that, that adventurous side of what it is. Even you know, you talk about yourself when you took off years ago after school or whatever, and like those sort of things have become your daily thing. Okay, well, how do I get from point A to point B and what's involved? Oh, there's a ferry crossing and, okay, you've got to book that here and pay money here and pick up the thing here. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it seems like Shu does like that that side of it. I think, I think we kind of like that side of touring as well. 
Um, having said that, I feel like someone like Stu sort of enjoys probably running that side of it in yeah, a good yeah. way. Oh, yeah, um, I, I do like, like we've got a little app we, 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 so you can see what's happening tomorrow and, and, and that's good. <laughs> but but um, I think it would be overwhelming though having to, yeah. to book the, you know, the ferry crossing into the, you know, oh, we've got to be there at this time or we missed this flight or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, no, I, I wouldn't be very good at that. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just amazing to see. And and the, the thing that I love about it is, especially like I talked about that night, it was just a night of friendship. And I feel like so much of your, your band, that's, that's what I feel. It's, it's from boy and bear to also these associated acts with passenger and Stu. Um, there's just these strong feelings of friendship. And when I was there and I think it also, I don't know, you can speak to it as well. Um, translated to the fans is that's one where there was such this weird thing where, where the room felt as, as fans, um, and it feels like it feels the same with your fan base and at your shows. Would you, would you agree? I know that I didn't have that question prepared, but um, what, how, what role does friendship play like those feelings of friendship in the band and how does it carry to over to your fans? Yeah, I think it's a good point. I, I guess maybe just the most obvious thing that came to my mind to start with is, is the, the kind of music that we create together in the band comes from that camaraderie. It comes from that respect for one another um, we push each other as well and we sort of like, you know, we I guess we um, try to feed feed our ambition yeah. within the group, but it definitely comes from that camaraderie and I think the music we make is music that is there to be shared and connect with people and it's not like it's our music and we're separate, you know, it yeah. really is music, you know, music for the people. <laughs> but it's not, like, you know what I mean, I think we're, the way we try to, I guess when, when we perform it's very um it's it's giving, it's sharing. I think I feel like we kind of probably in you know, our happiest place if we were in somebody's lounge room, sort of playing <laughs> playing music or something. So yeah, maybe it's a good point. Yeah, know? and I, I I do think at times people have been a little bit disappointed in us because because we're not we're not rock stars in in a way. Like I, and when you when you're happy just to meet whoever after a show or interact with someone, you know that that you know gives someone time. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's there's some people that want want you to be rock stars and slightly rude or slightly standoffish <laughs> or something, but it's just not who we are. Like we all got into this to play music and, and to write and be creative, and, and you know, it, it, the, you know, no no better than the guy strips sweeping the streets or you know Donald Trump or or, or, or anyone. Like it's we're all, we're all the same at the end of the day, yeah. and and actually the. the the one thing that I think is our greatest achievement in this time is is keeping our relationships good, yeah. um, especially like especially within the band because that's difficult when you're on the road like you're on tour bus or you're travelling a lot together and you're tired and you play a lot of shows. Like it, having that respect for each other is is a massively important thing, and maybe that's part of what translates to people as well. Yeah, well, and I love that you said that, and I also love. Um, that Dave, you mentioned pushing each other, like we push each other. And I think it's, it's important to have the balance of like a good relationship, but also one that helps kind of um, bring everyone forward. And so, and that's one that you feel. And I love that, that one of the things fans are disappointed with boy and bear is that they can sometimes be too nice. What a, what, a, <laughs> what a good problem to have. Um, you, you mentioned, you mentioned Stu came on with, 
when you only had one or two songs. And I, I read back in the day, you all kind of moved back in with your parents to really help launch the band and that the band like was named from a random name generator. And so yeah. I wondered how prepared were you guys for the the quick success that, that the band had in it? I know it looks quick, probably reading. I don't know if it felt that way for you, but but without, you didn't even have a name how prepared was was the band for everything that came oh. after? We were completely unprepared, <laughs> and I, and and that, that that sort of the outworking of that was we, we really wanted like the one thing is we really wanted to work hard, and and whatever whatever came across, you know, like any opportunity that came across our way, we wanted to take it as long as it sort of fit with who we were as a band. And so we just worked really hard. And that's why we had to move home to our parents' house because we were putting all this time into Boy and Bear. We had no money. And and we were so fortunate that we all had parents that would <laughs> take us back in. Um, and, and, yeah, so we just worked as hard as we could. Um, I, I think when when things started to, to happen for us and, and it started to, you know, be, became more popular, I, I, I think there was two things that I would say. So one is... We were completely unprepared and we were like, what's happening? Like, this is weird. The second thing I would say is when when we got used to it, we thought it would always be like that. Do you, you know, like you, you sell 500 tickets and then the next time you go back, you sell 1,000 and the next time it's 2,000 and then it's 4,000 and you're like, oh, that'll just keep going <laughs> incrementally because that's how it works. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, like you, it, you do a record and it's not, it's not like that, you know. I was like, oh, we did 2,000 tickets here last time. We've only done 1,700. And then I, then I found that I'd become a little bit of a sport brat in a way, you know, and I was like, I, was like, I want my 2,000 tickets. Or, 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 and then, and then I, it, it was, it was, for me personally, it was just a great reality check that, that we are so fortunate to be doing what we do and to be able to connect with people. And it's just about you know, fo- fo- focusing. So maybe, maybe in retrospect, I became more prepared for, for a life in music in that sense, because I don't think you can, like, how can you prepare yourself for, for the fact that all of a sudden thousands of people that you don't know are going to want to invest in what you do? Like, there's no way. It, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, and, and, unless you're some sort of sociopath. Unless you've grown up around that or something. Yeah, or that's you, true. You've got some clear, you already sat down with this, Mark, no, I think I think that the, the, like I, I came on to the band after that initial record. I came on, joined the band for album two, um, but you know, obviously having the chats with you guys over the last nine years or whatever it is, ten years. Um, Apologies here. There was some brief technical difficulties due to Wi-Fi that cut off some of Dave's answer, but after some technical difficulties, everything came back, and the rest of the interview should be uninterrupted. They've only just invented the internet in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You really can't prepare for for something like that. And and doing music, it's you can dream. It's a dream. And when dreams start to become reality, I wondered what what that felt like when when you guys on on each album started to see that kind of the feedback and uh, you mentioned the incremental growth. And what was that like watching these what what were I imagine dreams for you? Um, be realized it was incredible like i i, I genuinely I, I grew up um i went to a little um christian school um where the 
the teachers and the the people that were were doing your career advising essentially told told you what you could maybe be good at and I don't think they told me a lot of things that I'd be good at because I think the only thing I was really really good at was music but it was like no 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 we, it, a career in music's way too hard or it's it's really really difficult you need something to fall back on to maybe become a teacher I wasn't interested in that so so in in the back of my mind my dream was to play music full time but then I'd been told that wasn't possible so I felt like there was a glass ceiling there so when it started to happen, I just remember being genuinely so happy and and just felt so, like, I felt so lucky that mm-hmm. I was getting to do it. And so I felt like if there was a thousand people lined up behind me wanting to do what I do and I've been given an opportunity, I better work really fucking hard at it and, and, and like, and just try to appreciate it and yeah I, I think um I feel like that happens all the time still like it doesn't happen every time you perform or every time you you engage but you find when you when it just aligns and all of a sudden you can be in a situation where you just all of a sudden get a second to take it in and I had those moments of going I love playing music I love <laughs> making music collaborating with other people I'm I'm here this is like wow this is actually really special because you can get caught up in the rat race of it all a bit you don't always get that chance to reflect when you're in the moment um it's it happens quite a lot but there's times where you kind of just get through a gig and you've had yeah. a great gig but have you actually gone and gone wow I'm actually here you know or and it doesn't it's not always the same thing that, that, that brings me to that spot like sometimes it's it's like sometimes you know what it is like and Tim and I do this bit we'll be in we'll be in a, a city in, in somewhere in Canada or America or Europe or wherever and that day the sun came out and we took a walk and we saw something fantastic and that comes back to me while I'm there playing that show and I feel like I'm in this other I'm in a part of the world that's so far from where I grew up and I'm playing I'm playing the bass in, in a band that I love and we're playing the songs that we've written and there can be five people or 5,000 people there and that, that just tripped, it just clicks and I go, this is really amazing. Yeah. You know, that's one example. Other times it is that thing of like I'm playing in a venue that like is mind-blowing and, oh, wow, I can't believe I'm actually on stage. And yeah. it can be can, can come in many ways but I still feel that I get those little surprises all the time where I kind of just go, wow, I've really, this is really special. It, yeah. And it would be such a shame. I think that that's that's really well put. Like, and I think that's something we, we have to constantly, well, I have to constantly remind myself. It would be such a shame to get to the end of it and realise, wow, that was pretty incredible. And the whole time I, I was just trying to get through and get to the next thing. Like, to be able to appreciate it, to, yeah, to go on. Like, that's one thing Simes, he always does. He goes, we'll get, get to a place and it's like, oh, we might go sit in and have a beer or whatever. And Simes, he's like, I'm just going to go for a walk. And I, I love that because he wants to see where he is. <laughs> and I, I, I try to do the same thing as well, but sometimes the beer is just too cold and, and, and too <laughs> fresh. But, 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 but um, like, I... I I really feel like that, that's that's such an important part of it because we're in a, such a minute percentage um, of of very fortunate people that get to just be creative and, and you're doing the same thing, man. You get to be creative and that, and, and that's your living. Yeah. Like that's that that for me is mind blowing. And and then to travel all around the world and play on like beautiful venues and festivals and being beautiful cities, like yeah, it's it's pretty special. 
No, it is. And that's one of the things when I said, like, when I pointed out the story that I had with you at Mercury Lounge earlier, that was one of the things for me is that I always had a secret dream of interviewing people. At the time, it was I wanted to interview athletes and I was all into sports and I wanted to interview sports stars. And then I fell in love with music and I've been able to do that. But the main thing that I wanted to do is, is talk and have conversations like we're having now. And so like, it was this secret dream that in school, they're like, no, you can't do something like that's really unlikely, like do accounting or work at a bank or (laughs) something like that. And then, um, and then, yeah. So New York and that night is one where it was like, okay, whatever this is, I want to chase after it. And so I appreciate your guys' words. I, I, I had written down cause this is a, one of those wow moments for me when I got the message back from Sue that, um, this interview would be happening. It was one of those wow moments. Like I'm so excited because this is a big thing for me. I wondered, and, and you may have just answered it in both of your last answers, which I appreciate maybe a wow moment that you had along the way that music's taken you to this specific place, or you just couldn't believe like what the reaction behind the art that you make. These questions are hard because uh, maybe reflecting on what we just said, I feel like it happens. <laughs> there's so many things, you know, I don't feel like for me personally there's one particular moment and I think that maybe a little bit like a goldfish, I might forget the last one and remember the <laughs> one that was most current, you know. <laughs> but I really actually, I'd really feel for me actually maybe coming from, yeah, like, you know, a small suburb in, in Sydney, Australia, which is, um, and growing up in a world that was very un-international and very parochial and very, very local, um, I feel like it is that kind of sense of me expressing myself as a musician in other parts of the world, yeah. in places where maybe, I guess, people that I've looked up to and been inspired by have done things before me, and I feel like I'm treading in the paths of music uh, history and music royalty when I do it and um I feel like that kind of always gives me a little tickle you know yeah and um makes me feel pretty cool (laughs) that's that's a that's a really good way to put it as well like because I I could give you some moments like there's been some big festival moments for us like Bonnaroo was great and Lollapalooza and like playing some big festivals over in in Europe like Lowlands Festival and stuff where you know 20-30,000 people there or and, and and like like on paper, maybe those are the most important, you know, or, or like your big your biggest headline show or like playing a beautiful theatre. But like for me, sometimes the the, the wow moments are, you, we, you know, you're in Belgium and the the people that, the promoters that they're having you there, they're just so grateful to have you there and they put on a really nice dinner and there's, <laughs> you know, Low lighting and the, the, just a couple of it doesn't classes. take much. Does it doesn't take much. <laughs> and then and then and then you, you you play a great show and 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 you chat to some people afterwards and they're they're really they're asking good questions. They want a couple of photos and and then you find yourself just sitting at a nice bar afterwards having well me and Simon you know, at, 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 at you know a really dark bar just having one beer <laughs> and you, you're like this is the best life that anyone could ever possibly live. You know, and, and that that for me is a wow moment. I, I probably remember because because when you when you're playing shows, you're playing shows every night. It's, hard, it's sometimes hard to differentiate between shows, so it's just the outside experience. And it's like, where are you? Like, who did you meet tonight? What did you have to eat? 
Like those, <laughs> no, I love that stuff. <laughs> I really love that stuff. It's, it is, it is good with Netflix. But yeah, and even though, yeah, and that, and going back to the travel, the road trip thing, like, how good is it to be like um, to to stop in like just to get some petrol? Like, I guess you guys call it, like at a gas station <laughs> in Paris, and you have a ham and cheese baguette. I know, and you just feel like. I mean, Paris. I mean, I'm in France. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even moments like that, it's, it's just amazing. like, but it's really, it's just a sandwich, but hey. Yeah, or, or like you go to Italy and you've only sold like 80 tickets to a show or 100 tickets to a show, but the promoter takes you out to a beautiful trattoria. There's like the pastas and there's, and you're like, and it, it's incredible. And it's like, yeah, maybe not many people really cared that we were here, but. That was a really great night, you know. Yeah. And oh, I'll tell you, tell you one night that I, I, like sticks in my mind too. That was, it was pretty awesome. We were playing a theater in um, Richmond, Virginia, and it was, was a hurricane. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and, it's, and, and a, a tornado touched down in the city. Oh wow! While we were playing the show, and so all the power went out, and there was there was just the emergency generator came on in the theater, and so that the people said, "Oh, there's no more." Like. We can't we can't run the PA. Oh wow! Um, so 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 we, we just got to the front of the stage and we just played we just played some songs acoustically. Wow! And the, the whole theater was just silent and we just played. I don't know. We played seven or eight songs acoustically. We had to do a good forty minutes or so. Yeah, and and <laughs> and I remember thinking and and the the warmth from the crowd was just so intense because. They weren't expecting that. We weren't expecting. There's a there's a tornado outside <laughs> some, yeah. somewhere in the city, and we're in a beautiful wow. old building with just really low lighting from the the emergency generator, and like that for me was a wow moment. Like that that was incredible, and it's, I guess it comes back to connection with people. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, hundred percent. That's true. Um, I I wanted to ask. I love that story. Thank you so much. Um, I've never. I've never read more about poop in my, than I have than in the last two days preparing for this interview. Um, and so I don't want to talk about Dave's, uh, I can't, I wanted to write down what the symptoms were, but I don't want to talk much about it, but I want to talk about kind of, you mentioned time, taking time to be gratitude or be grateful and show gratitude. What was it like when during an uncertain time with what the like uncertainty around the band and and how performing and even writing together would be for for some time and and what's it like now that that you in twenty nineteen made an album together and now are making more music together? It was it was really hard work to be to be honest. It was like yeah. there was times when we we didn't know whether we were still going to be a band or not. And like, number one, you're concerned for your mate your mate's health. Yeah. yeah. But for us, the four of us got together and decided we're just going to push ahead. We need to start writing another record. If Dave's not ready to do that, he needs to take his time to to get himself to a point where he 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 feels like he could possibly sit in the room for a while, a while with this and do some writing. But we, we decided to to press ahead, and I think it was Simon's initiative. He's like, let's just get in the room together. Let's just have, let's just do what we do, and that was this, that's how we started Suck Online, the record. Yeah. And we we did we did months and months over a year of that and wow. and then Dave sort of came in into the process and he'd hear something and he'd be like oh that sounds really great he'd be inspired by it and actually want to come into the room and he'd last three or four hours or two hours or one hour or whatever and but it was just small steps mm. and and increment like, I think the clearly it, no one no one lost the the love of the process of what we do. So yeah. 
it was clear that it was always going to come back if Dave could get his health right. Yeah. So we just we just kept. I mean, is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. And I mean, so yeah, I mean, it was hard. It was hard to have the um this 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 doubt over what what the future might bring. I mean, we're already in an industry where you have no idea kind of what what's going to happen anyway. You're kind of like you're sort of throwing things at the wall, hoping they stick. But to have that unknown of we just you know um having our our our, our comrade being yeah. Being in this, this this unwell state, and also with 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 an illness, I guess that isn't sort of just like oh cool, this you know you've got a chest infection, okay, go and take some antibiotics, have a have a have a few days in bed, you'll be right. It, it was a lot to sort of take on for him. Um, he had to really find um, a lot of strength internally to sort of go down the paths that he did to to seek wellness because it was yeah. a lot of unconventional treatments, a lot of um, unknown outcomes of what what would happen with those treatments. Um, so yeah, that, 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 that was really hard, but as Tim said, yeah, I feel like probably looking back now, reflecting, I mean, interesting, that feels like a lifetime ago, (laughs) even though we've still had ongoing struggles with COVID and we've had to go through actually ever since that, we've now as a band gone through a whole other kind of, um, tragedy, um, in terms of our, our industry and career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that actually, but, but to reflect on it now, as Tim said, yeah, that we, we did continue to strive and we did what we could do. We kept working, we kept creating, we kept sort of um, in touch with each other, supporting one another, supporting Dave and learning about, about things through Dave. And I think his journey, his illness journey has taken on a whole whole lot of chapters since, since that kind of, I guess, um, time and, and the articles that came out about that, that that particular kind of treatment that he was dealing with. Um, he's also tried many different things since then and he's had lots of ups and downs. I mean, he's he's kind of the best he's been in a long time right now. I feel like, you know, it's been really great writing this new record and we've been doing, as, as much as COVID's been here for two years, we have done little pockets of shows in Australia, like in each, both summers we've managed to do some great festival touring when we had moments where we opened up. Um, so yeah, he's been kind of great. But yeah, I guess look at, at the end of the day, it actually brought us together, and we all had to learn about stuff that was was new to us. We had, we had to tour differently for a little while. We had to travel differently. Um, we still got through all those tours, but we did have to bring in certain things to sort of accommodate Dave. Yeah. Um, things that we don't have to do anymore. But um, it was an interesting time. I guess we all were probably a little bit nervous about certain things, but I think that we, having a band of comrades that are all kind of supporting one another, there's another shoulder to lean on. So you can have a day where you're a little bit, oh, I'm not sure, and someone else kind of jumps to the front of the bus and starts driving and you can go at the back and chill out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing. I think if it was one, it was just a duo or something, I imagine that could have been very, very, very hard. But I think having five people, we all have different strengths. We all have different energies at a different point. Um, we all have different ways of seeing things, and I think that that kind of has really helped us through all of our challenges. Um, I agree. And, yeah, our creative challenges as much as our kind of just logistical, you know, health, safety, business, you know, success, not just whatever, all the challenges really helps. Amazing. And, and yeah, it's. I think it speaks to what we talked about earlier, again, with kind of, the band being close and the band being like, you really like put like still to still work at it and to still want to be together and really let's write on things when, and worrying about your friend and worrying if he's okay. And it's just, it, it's such a complicated thing. And so, yeah, you put together, then you put together um, the album, which is one of my favorite albums. And so 
and you've created, you've continued to create. I want to, I want to give time. I know, sorry, we're, we're running longer than, than I anticipated. Um, but I appreciate all the answers that you gave. Um, but I want to give time to, um, to your newest single, um, state of state of flight. Um, and, and give time that you can talk about that. It's the first song that you've released independently, right? Yeah, yeah that's correct. Yeah. And just and a couple so weeks ago, you know, yeah. What yeah. was the decision to release um, your first single independently? And what can you tell uh, me about it? Yeah, I, I, I think, I think we'd, I, I, the music industry is changing. And I feel like for a long time, the, the you've sort of, there's certain channels that you've needed to go through if you want to sort of sustain a career. And I think artists and managers and like everyone involved in in that part of the industry have have become so much more educated and in in understanding your your own copyright and understanding, you know, the controller. It's not, not talking about like, you know, being a megalomaniac, but the control of your own rights. Um, and so I think we just got to a point where we're so grateful for the, the partnerships we've had with the record companies we've worked with. Absolutely. But we just came to a point where we were like, I think we're ready to do this ourselves and to make some tough decisions and just to see how it goes. Because yeah. I, I guess for us, we, we, we want to have the freedom to directly connect with our fans in the exact way we want to we want to have the freedom to do whatever we want to do release whatever single we want to do when we want to release it not worry about a chart position or a number of units moved uh, and uh, and just to make whatever creative decisions in the recording of, of of an album that we want to make and having said that our partners in the past record companies have been really supportive of just letting us do what we want to do creatively but this just seemed like the right time and State of Flight felt like the right song. It's like we've written a bunch of songs and we're actually in pre-production at the moment for to do the, the second bracket of recording for our new album. And I just think State of Flight for, for us felt like the obvious choice, especially in the time we're in because Dave wrote, uh, our lead singer Dave wrote, uh, it's sort of a love song to the arts and yeah. and getting to do what we do and and i love that in uh, as as a response to the current climate we're in where it's been really tough for our industry you know like and and i don't know how it is in the states but in australia there was not a lot of support for for um creative artists yeah and so it really does strip back everything you, you you do and you've done to like what why did you first get into this and do you still want to do it? Because if it's all about just money, then it's probably not the right industry to be in now. Yeah. But it, it it really, for me, like state of flight, especially the back end of it, you think it's like, yeah, this is this is what like this is what I love to do, so I I do it, and that's all I, that's all, all I really want, you know. And 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 that that for me, it just it just seemed like the perfect song to release at the moment. And who knows how it'll go? Like, you never know when you release a song how, how it's going to go. But it it feels good, and it feels for me, it feels fresh. Yeah. And and that's what you know, just like a, a Paul Simon or or Peter Gabriel, like where you're constantly reinventing yourself and trying to do something new. That that's kind of what we get off on. Like, well, we haven't really done anything like this before, and and yeah. so that's exciting. 
Yeah, but it feels like an evolution musically from, you mentioned Suck on Light record and I think we never really had a chance to tour that record with COVID and everything. We kind of just got the record out right at the beginning. But recording that album, which we did in Nashville actually with Colin yeah. Dupuy, we just had a great time making that record. Yeah. And, you know, COVID came and, you know, we all sort of, what you know, like everyone the world over, we were sort of all like everything was just up in the air. But we sort of did retreat to a zone of writing music again and creating and thinking about the next record. And it feels like this is a step on from that record. It feels like some of the things we we, we experimented with on, the, on Suck on Light uh, we're sort of pushing further on this next record. It does feel like a natural evolution for us. Like we're sort of exploring a few different techniques with some of the way we record, some of the ways we record. Um, but definitely felt like one one thing about COVID, I guess it is that we are now making another record, which is a fun place to be. And it's a shame we didn't get to two or suck on light as much. But, um, you know, it's nice to be making a new record. Absolutely. Yeah, I wondered what I read that the, that the new records kind of really – taking into consideration the live essence of it without it being a live record. I wondered what else you could say about the the new record that you're working on. I think what Simon just said then, like it really is a, like a, a, a pretty natural evolution from where we were, we were headed and stuff on light. And I think the, we're definitely like introducing elements that are new for us. Um, so some more electronic grooves and and like, but it's still quite dense and layered. I think if you look at where we've come from as a band, the first record we kind of threw everything at the wall, and maybe for the second record we kind of wanted to strip it back a bit. The third record was really stripped back, Limit of Love, um, and then Suck on Light. We sort of became interested in in creating a world like sort of that you could enter when you started listening to the record. And I think we're still interested in that, but we're also, I guess we're, we're interested in, in sort of, you know, pop sensibilities, like songs that, that are catchy and that, that you want to put on and keep yeah. putting on and you don't know why. Um, and that's, that's funny because that, that you'd think that that's probably dictated by melody, but it's also dictated by groove. It's also yeah. dictated by like, counter melody and everything that floats over the top atmosphere atmosphere yeah. and so I, I think that's what I, I i think that's what we're really trying to explore and like sometimes there'll be like you know 50 iterations of, of an idea before you actually get the one that's you feel like is the right idea um and in a world that's just so so subjective at the moment like <laughs> maybe the second idea was right but yeah <laughs> but we went with the 50th idea and and that that's what we're in our tiny little writing room here and we, we do a lot of work here and, and and just a lot of experimenting, you know. There's Nick Cave wow. on the wall over there. There's Tom York on the wall. And, <laughs> How do I do it? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's, I feel like this record is, is experimental and it's, it, it's what, it, what it's becoming is just whatever we're interested in at the moment. Ah, I can't wait to hear it. Um, I want to be, I want to be mindful of your time. I appreciate it so much. And I appreciate all of these answers. Um, I, I want to give you a chance to talk about tour, um, as you announced tour dates recently. Um, and that's yeah. what the, this will be out next week. And so it'll be one of the things and it's good times for everyone to, to get out. I can't right. wait because I'm going to try to see as many U S, um, 
dates. I know there's the bourbon something festival in, uh, um, I'll that in post, but in, in Kentucky. And I know I'm, I'm trying my best to be at that. And so I hope to there, I'll actually say hi to you, Tim, unlike, uh, Mercury lounge, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's great. Yeah. I mean, that's right. We just sort of, I just pulled the dates up here just cause we just put, you know, announced them a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, basically from the sixth of September, we hit we hit um, Seattle. We start in Seattle, really? and we go right through to the eighth of October up in Canada. A massive loop. <laughs> That's yeah, incredible. it's going to be great. And, and you know it, what's been amazing is I, like we released the tickets, and the response in America has just been been and, and Canada has been so incredible so far. So I feel like these shows are definitely going to be incredible. They, they're going to be. I feel like there's going to be a lot of energy in these shows. We're we're really really excited about about coming back. Yeah, it's, like it has been like we were there 2019. Yeah, so the, the just just before the record came out, and very end of the year. Yeah, yeah. So then COVID happened. So yeah, it's been it's going to be nice to go it's been back. Too long. But yeah, we've got some great we've got some great 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 dates across the across the US. It's um, where are we doing in New York? New York. Let's have a look here. Where are we? Oh, we're in Brooklyn. I think that's at the um, Williams, the Music Hall of Williams. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Well, you know, I'll be there. Which is yeah, a great yeah. room. But yeah, we're playing. Obviously, we're hitting like Seattle, Portland, San Fran, Los Angeles, Phoenix, Austin, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, Louisville, Washington, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Boston, Montreal. Well, that's in Canada. <laughs> you know, Minneapolis. Well, lots of stuff. All the dates. If you need a bus driver, I can. I can be Stu in the store. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty intense buses, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I figured I cannot drive those. Um, but um, I wanted to, I end the interview with, I end every interview of the podcast with the same five questions. And so I wanted to ask you each um, these sure. same five. Um, the first is if you could choose between breakfast food, lunch food, or dinner food, and you can only have food from each meal group. So only breakfast food, only lunch food, or only dinner, which meal group would you choose? Lunch. <laughs> okay. That's two in a row for lunch. Stu was a lunch too. Yeah, I, I'm a lunch as well. <laughs> okay. Three in a row. I'm a breakfast. So I always think that you can get the most out of breakfast food. Um, Cause you can even throw, there's like, uh, in the U.S., we do steak and eggs, or some people do. I never have, but I could at least have an excuse to still have a steak. Or there's like some people do pizza for breakfast. So I'm like, oh, I won't miss out on too much with breakfast. Crazy kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two is your go-to karaoke song. Elton John, Tiny Dancer. Oh, amazing! That was quick. That's a that's a pretty amazing song. Yeah, remember I sung that I sung that um at a bar in Bath in England. Um we went out after we finished the Living Love record. And yeah, it was this bar, it was like under it was like down sort of near that big dam. And I, I sung Tiny Dancer and yeah, it was pretty it's pretty intense rendition. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and I I basically just uh, I don't think I've ever done karaoke. So um in fact one one time I went to karaoke was sort of a you know brush with other other amazing people was with the um, Canadian singers Tegan and Sarah. Oh, I ended up amazing. in a karaoke room with those two. And that was I mean I know I was definitely wasn't uh, getting involved, but I was um, they were they were mind blowing. Like they're such a great thing and being sisters and they just was like song for song. Wow. And, uh, See? It was pretty impressive to, to it, watch. 
it's stories. I find a lot of musicians see karaoke is my Bonnaroo. Um, and I find okay. a lot of musicians aren't karaoke people, but I keep it in there. Cause sometimes you get a, you get a, a story with, uh, that you're randomly, uh, watching Tegan and Sarah do karaoke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so you get fun ones. Uh, yeah. um, number three is guilty pleasures you have while on tour. Guilty pleasures. What? See, I, I never know what that means. What? What? Why am I? What are you guilty about? Is it like? <laughs> what does that mean? Guilty pleasure. Like, does that mean something that people think is daggy, or does it mean something that you're not allowed, <laughs> not allowed to do? <laughs> I know. I usually, for me, it's like I have a big. Um, I love gummies. So you talked about a gas station in Paris and getting a, a baguette. Mine is um, getting like fruit snacks or like some sour yeah. gummy or or loading up on snacks. Oh, I get you. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, in America, for me, you're talking about food that you shouldn't eat so often in terms of like, especially just before climbing back into the bunk. I guess it's the sort of um, running back off the bunk uh, sorry, off the bus to grab a you know a slice of pizza from the New York slice on the corner just because you can, and because in America it's a very twenty four hour sort of environment. <laughs> it's not maybe it's not it's maybe not the best thing for the uh, for the blood sugar level to sort of try to digest when you it's three in the morning and you're about you know trying to get your six hours before you got to get up and do some radio. Oh my gosh! I tend to sort of squeeze that in a bit too often. A bit of hard man. <laughs> I, I think for me it's. It's it's in the states as well, um, and I, I try to limit myself to one every two days. But yeah. I just love burgers so much. Hamburgers, yeah. I just think <laughs> Americans do the burgers like burgers better than anyone else in the world. Like I, I, I have to I have to limit myself to one every two days because if I would do it every day and it would be really really bad for me. Is, is there a burger that you have like circled on tour that you always go to the same place or is it just you you try a new one everywhere you go? Man, um, there's one right near you. I don't know if it's still there. Dumont Burger. It's incredible. I don't know. Like Dumont? If you don't know it. It's in Williamsburg, up on the, the main drag in Williamsburg. Oh, wow. I just found it. It's marked on my calendar now or on my map. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good one. And get that burger. And they have a nice IPA there. Too. That's, that's where I'm going before the Williamsburg show. There you go. Jamon Burger, you probably see us there. <laughs> <laughs> but awesome. And then uh thank you. Number four is a EP um a group that's not currently together that you'd love to have one more EP from. Ooh. I know who you're gonna say. Oh, you know who I'm gonna say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's an Australian band that broke up after one record, one one EP and one record. Um, they're called the the Middle East, and I think um, I think I would love. Oh, but I I don't want just an EP. I want an LP. Uh, I think I need I think I need twelve tracks, maybe thirteen <laughs> tracks of the Middle East. I, I yeah, wonder. I, yeah, I knew you were connected, or that you. Uh, I have seen a few things you talking about the Middle East, and Stu said the Middle East as well. Yeah, both you guys are big fans, and you're connected with those those with that musical family. I mean, you yeah, guys yeah. have had your own collaborations and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I see. Once again, that, that's a, that's a hard question for me. Um, I always think about people that are, you know, unfortunately. Like, I'd love to get another one from um, from Donny Hathaway. You know, yeah. <laughs> that'd be incredible. No, that's it. Unfortunately, passed I, and left us. We don't, we don't, we don't limit the answers uh, 
in in that in this hypothetical. Um, yeah. Number. Five, I'd love to hear what Donny Hathaway would say about what's going on in the world right now. <laughs> that would definitely be so. Um, number number five is an interesting guest that you recommend I have on the Road Trip Playlist podcast. Well, just. There's so many interesting people. I think you should reach out to guy because I've just been listening to his record called Sam Evian. Okay. And I think he's also a Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Yeah, no, I mean, I've seen. I think his latest record is incredible and I would like to listen to what he has to say about these sorts of things and music because I just um, I only discovered him myself in the last 12 months and I know he's been involved in lots of different projects. I don't know a lot about, about the guy, but um, I'm really digging his I think the record's called Time to Melt. Yeah, Maybe. I don't I remember the name. Remember and I'm saying he's from, I'm saying he's New York because it just feels like he's from New York <laughs> and I don't even know who he is, but I think he is. <laughs> I'll, I'll check it out. Check him out. Well, I, 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 think, I think you should get Ken Yates on okay. uh, if you haven't already. But no, just because he, he is the most un, underrated artist I've ever come across. Wow. The amount of talent that guy has as a songwriter and as a performer is just unbelievable. And I'm like, uh, so I completely understand why Passenger has done so well, but I completely don't understand why Ken Yates <laughs> is not just massive. I, I, that's just personally. So, yeah, I'd say Ken Yates. Perfect. That's, that's it. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate um, both of your time so much. Thank you for meeting with me early in the morning for you. Um, and right. just, nice, to, nice to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me on a, on a uh, Wednesday night and uh, I really, or Tuesday and Thursday morning for you. I really appreciate it. It means, like I said, it's a wow moment for me and I can't wait to, to share this with, with our audience and um, also for your audience to hear as well. No worries, man. Fantastic. Take care. We'll see you at uh, Burger Dumont. (laughs) Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. Bye. Cheers, man. Hey, Thomas. Bye. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thank you again so much for listening to the Road Trip Playlist podcast and my conversation with Tim Hart and Dave Symes of Boy and Bear. I really enjoyed the conversation and I hope you did too. You all probably know and love their old music, but go make sure and listen to their new release, State of Flight, and stay tuned for their new album. Check out tour dates for when they're coming to a city near you, especially North American tour dates. As always, don't forget to follow, subscribe, review, like, share, do all of those things with the podcast and share it with friends that you have. It helps so much. Stay tuned next week. I'll be talking with my one of my favorite young and up-and-coming bands, Flip Turn. Um... I've seen them twice now. I saw them last at Shaky Knees Festival in Atlanta. They're one of the best live acts that I've ever seen. Their studio stuff's really good as well. So stay tuned. I'm really excited to share them with you. And thank you again so much for listening. Can't wait to talk with you again next week.